Computer, initialize Holosuite. Holosuite Media. What the hell are you doing to my crew? Thank you for joining us on the Janeway, the Voyager Pro- podcast. Yeah, no, that doesn't work. <laughs> the Voyager podcast, where the Suzanne Williamson wormhole and I, Liam Smart, look at the Voyager episodes <laughs> to work out whether our favourite captain has approached things in the right way, the wrong way, or the Janeway. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't even know how to react. I'm a wormhole now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, would you prefer to be something I don't know what else? to say. No, no, I shall be a wormhole, just not a decaying one. Can you see why I was giggling too much when I was starting? Yes, yes, I can see that. I, I thought you were going somewhere with a nightgown. Oh, no, so no, I'm no, happy no, that no. I'm just a wormhole. No, you're the Suzanne Williamson wormhole. Before we get started with the episode today, why not give us a follow on Twitter at thejane underscore way, and also join our Facebook community for our listeners called The Nexus, where you can discuss this episodes and episodes of all of our other shows we have on Hollow Sweet Media, including new episodes of What the Future Holds, our Star Trek Discovery podcast. Yes, the Star Trek Discovery, which featured... The 74656J. J! J! Oh. As in the Janeway. Exactly. It's named after us. I mean, what, what, what beautiful people at CBS decided to do that. I don't know. Thank you. Thank you, Kirsten Beyer. Thank you. Yes. you know, avid listeners of us, clearly. <laughs> no, I was, I was very excited. I know this episode's coming out like two weeks after the episode with the USS Voyager J in it, but yes, my God, I turned around to Jordan and I'm like, seven, four, six, five, six, J. And I was just like <laughs> losing my shit when it came on. I'm like, oh my God, that I completely forgot to pay attention to the rest of like that scene. Well, I had to, I, I screamed and then I started crying. So I had to stop the episode until I can compose myself enough to pay attention to what the hell was going on. Mm -hmm. And I missed the USS Nog the first time round because of it. Same here. So I thought that was a beautiful touch as well. But yeah, no. lovely. And then Owo going, oh, I bet she has some stories, the Voyagers. And I'm like, oh, don't they just, don't they just, (laughs) a (laughs) Wishigan? Joanne, if only you knew... But yeah, so wonderful episode, beautiful little Voyager reference in there. Very happy about that. Yes. Um, We've had a few of them now, the Quantum Slipstream Drive, this one, and then you had the Spatial Trajectory, the thing from Prime Factors in Picard. In Picard. And then we had the mention of something in Lower Decks. Oh, the Voyager Protocol? The, oh, the Janeway Protocol? It was the Janeway Protocol, yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> that's what we analyze on this show. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah, so really quite good. And then the fact that we're going to get Janeway herself in Prodigy, amazing. I cannot wait. It's going to be bloody awesome. And I don't know what show on Holosuite Media will be dealing with Prodigy, with Janeway as a main character, but if it's not us... Somebody's going to die. So, yeah, yeah. We're going we're gonna to transform our show into... Because I'll cut a bitch. <laughs> we're going to transform this show into a kid's show. <laughs> hey, we have a toddler. We could use him. We, well, I've got a 28-year-old boyfriend. Is that a, he's a kid compared to me. He's 
Yeah, compared to me, both of you are. Well, I'm I'm 31. Wow, now I feel old. Well, you're only in like your early 40s, aren't you? Yes. You're just like I'm not admitting my age. <laughs> Okay, listeners, so this week, the episode that we're looking at is Eye of the Needle, which is when the Voyager crew encounters a wormhole, the Suzanne Williamson wormhole, (laughs) and makes contact (laughs) with a Romulan ship on the other side, it raises the crew's hopes of getting back to Earth, which IMDb of a total of 1,600 and something ratings gives it 8.3. Oh, that's pretty good. Deserved or not? What do you think? I say deserved. I, I've always liked this episode. It's a, it is a good episode, and it, it pulls at your heartstrings. So I think it's definitely it worth 8.3. I'm not sure where it loses its 1.7. I'm just not quite sure. Maybe it's because there was no Neelix in it. <laughs> well, I think it just happened too early in the series. I, I suppose, yeah, like episode six or five or whatever this is because you you know it's not going to work out because the show just started i would have put this as a, probably the season you can't, one you finale. can't send them home yet like this story would have been good as a finale of season one to be like oh it my god they're gonna get so close and then it just bashes you in the face and be like oh crap no they're stuck yeah so we open on the bridge Mm-hmm. Which apparently wasn't even the thing that they wanted to open with. They apparently wanted to open with a holo novel kind of thing, which, according Ugh, to why that could have even been the novel that Janeway was in, in uh, you know, know, the Victorian outfit or whatever it is. But they decided against that to go for the bridge because of uh, Kim getting excited, probably. But yeah, I'm glad they didn't go with Janeway Air yeah. because that I hated. I hated that hollow thing. I hated the kids that are in it. It's like, don't you know Latin? It was just a really terrible ripoff of Jane Eyre. That's it all. It was. In the captain's log, Jane was saying that the crew has always been scanning for anomalies and ways that they could potentially get home. And then Harry Kim gets mm-hmm. the boner because he finds something. <laughs> and so <laughs> Harry Kim gets super excited because they find something and it turns out to be a wormhole. And they're like, oh, my gosh, a wormhole. That's going to be so good. And, of course, Mr. Tuvok, the Debbie Debbie Downer, decides and does the basic math that says 75% of these will lead to the completely wrong place. It's like, well, gee, thanks, Tuvok. Mm -hmm. But one in four ain't a bad odds. And that's what Jamie slaps him with the face. And he's like, hmm, you've sort of outlogicked me. So... But I mean, like, what are the chances of them actually finding a wormhole? We know that the first only stable wormhole that they've managed to discover in all of the Alpha and Beta quadrants, the one at Bajor. Mm-hmm. So this one's like <laughs> defined only like a few months in or a few weeks. No, it's only a few weeks, isn't it? A few weeks into the trip is pretty, you know, lucky. Promising. Like, oh, we found one already. Maybe we'll find another. Mm-hmm. So Jamie orders a you know a course change quite easy right way i mean mm-hmm. if there's any way of getting home gotta go and look for it even if it is a fair fair way out yeah. of the way yeah that's not even a question that's definitely a right way so before we cut off to the credits tom decides that he wants to call the wormhole the harry kim wormhole now i find that hilarious why because it turns out to be like microscopic <laughs> <laughs> i mean it is harry kim <laughs> That was my immediate thought. I'm like, oh, microscopic Harry Kim wormhole. Mm-hmm. Always named after all the worst things. But also, if they found a wormhole, couldn't they tell the size of it on their scanners to begin with? We had thought so, because there would have been like all the gravitational stuff around it and so on that they would have mm-hmm. been able to you know, find out, I guess. So I'm surprised they didn't. It's like not have to be completely on top of it to be like, oh, it's just a micro wormhole. I think that's just plot, you know, <laughs> put it down to the plot. It was silly. It was it was a little bit silly. given all the fandangled things that they can even discover a wormhole or be able to detect a wormhole that mm-hmm. they couldn't work it out. But hey, whatever. Credits roll and then we come back to the bridge and they've approached it. But oh, no, they can't see it. And that's because 
it's a wormhole of only 30 centimetres. <laughs> and then we get the whole concept again that we seem to be climbing up to a lot in this podcast. It's another scenario whereby it's too big for the hole. <laughs> well, last week it was just right. It was the Goldilocks hole last week. It was too big a hole the week, bef- the week before in uh, <laughs> Phage. And then Parallax was too small or too big for the hole. So oh, I guess we guess we got to find out what hole comes up next time. What's the next episode? Is it Cathexis or something? I wonder what holes are in Cathexis. Honestly, the episode title for the last episode should have been the Goldilocks hole. Well, I wanted to push for that, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, I just don't know whether that's just too Especially as it's centered. I'm sorry. Did you listen to the episode? Yes, I bloody edited it. The whole thing was too far. (laughs) The whole thing was too far. (laughs) I'm surprised if anyone's going to listen to this episode after what we put out last time. I think I'll have a go one of two ways. This one won't be (laughs) R-rated. So um, they decide to send through a message or two boxes. So he goes from like Debbie Downer to Mr. Positive all over the place in this episode, which kind of annoyed me a little bit, I'm not going to lie. So they send through a message or the probe. Is it a probe? I can't remember. It's a micro probe. Sent through a micro probe. And the suspense. And how do they have these already made up? Oh, they have Why everything made up. Why would you carry around microprobes? And just take it from the microprobe, microprobe, microprobe. Fuck, I can't say it. They um, <laughs> they just pick it up from the microprobe room on deck seven. Is that next to the torpedo room? Photon yeah, torpedo room. And the, and the shuttle replicator room. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I think the the suspense and it, this it sort of goes for the whole episode really like the suspense in the episode keeps you I guess sort of not knowing what's going to happen. I mean you knew they were never going to mm-hmm. get home, but the difference in us knowing that they're not going to get home but seeing it and not knowing how they're not going to be able to get home is also like really mm-hmm. well done throughout the whole thing and the suspense now even yeah. trying to work out whether they were going to be able to get a message through or the probe through was um was really well done but when the probe gets stuck i guess it's the hole is even smaller than for a probe it's you know, <laughs> Even the probe got stuck. So pretty, pretty small, oh. pretty small Harry Kim hole that one. Well, he is only what twenty-two. He hasn't been. He hasn't found I'm me n- yet. No, I'm not going to say <laughs> it. <laughs> what were you going to say? I'm censoring myself because it was going to be terrible. Okay. Well, tell terrible. me, tell me now, and you can edit it out. No, because I'd leave it in. Uh, have you heard the stuff that comes out of my mouth? Yes. <laughs> Do you want me to move on? Yes, please. <laughs> All right, so the probe's stuck and, you know, they need to try and shove something in there to get it out probably. But in the meantime, we go to Sick Bay, where we've got Lieutenant Jerkwad working out at the gym and... I can't honestly get the things that happened in People vs. Star Trek Voyager for this bit, but it just makes me I'm sorry. laugh so much. He doesn't look like a gym rat. No, he just looks like someone they pulled off the street. Yeah, it's like, don't keep pushing this gym thing with him because I'm sorry, no. Mm-hmm. He does not look like he works out all the time. <laughs> How do you know? He looks a little doughy. Oh, no joke. So I had to buy a shirt this morning because I'm going to an engagement party. And the guy came over in the shop and was like, oh, how can I help? I'm like, oh, I need a shirt for an engagement. And I'm like, I've got no shirts because I've outgrown them because I got too fat. And then, <laughs> so they gave me a large shirt and I took it in and they came back out and I needed the medium, which is good. And I said, oh, I guess I'm not as fat as I used to, as I thought I am. And he goes, I honestly thought you were just going to the gym. And I'm like, <laughs> no, you have not seen under this Thank shirt. You. <laughs> But I'm like, I'll take it as a compliment shop guy. <laughs> uh, so Lieutenant Jerkwad is obviously been working out at the gym and he gets injured, but he's not talking to the doctor. He's basically just ignoring him and directing everything to Kess, who's the only like flesh and blood person in the room. And 
Jennifer Lean's face is a boss. She's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Can I say something about Kess's mullet? Oh, it was was terrible, wasn't it? Because the hair in this episode is so bad. (laughs) Kess's mullet. Like, what did you do? It looked fine, and now she has this Ocompan mullet going on. (laughs) It's awful. Look, if it wasn't for the facial expressions Kess was pulling and Jennifer Lean's Mm -hmm. facial acting, which was superb, gonna, gonna say. As always. Mullet Kess, not the best. No. Not the best at all. So, but that guy, though, treats the doctor so badly. I mean, he assumes that he's not human, not sentient, you know. And then the doctor's just like, well, you'll just die on the table if you, if you don't want me to do the surgery. <laughs> if you don't trust me. I mean, what kind of idiot? Like, I'm sorry, you go into the doctors, you've got an emergency medical hologram, mm-hmm. it's 2370-something. Like, mm-hmm. surely you should know that there's going to be holograms that can do everything. You've got a bloody holodeck that does stuff. Yeah, it's like... What? Ah. I mean, I but it does serve, I suppose, the doctor's um, arc, in a way. Yeah, it helps his character. But still, it's just... It was awful. I did not like it. Mm. I just it think seemed lazy. And Kes is so nice. I just want to give her a hug. Even if she does have that yeah. hairstyle. <laughs> Good thing it doesn't last very long. <laughs> yeah. And we move on to a meeting where Kim is excited again. <laughs> and Tuvok is being negative again. The pendulum has swung back the other way. Mm-hmm. You've got Debbie down a Tuvok for the second time. Um, but Janeway decides to boost it. And what, what, what was that? This is last night. What did she boost? Boosting the signal. Janeway decides to try and boost the signal. Again, good call. Just trying to do and get, get the information through. Oh, then don't we get Balan and Harry bonding? Yes, exactly. We do down to engineering with um, Harry and Balana, which, as I say, they're really quite good scenes given that this point in the program or this point in the series is still mm-hmm. Marquis and Starfleet. They're still very fundamentally different sides of the coin, if, if, if you want to put it that way, in terms of personality and affiliation. Mm-hmm. And then they're talking along, and then we find out that Kim always calls his mum at least once a week. Always calls his money. And I've written here, he probably even calls her from the womb. So. (laughs) Which, you know, it would be kind of. Doing an ultrasound. (laughs) Hey, mom. See? Hi. Can you see me? I'm inside you in your womb. Uh, Yuck. Yeah, yuck indeed. But yeah, it would be kind of horrible for a parent, though, to not know what's happened to your child. I mean, you're always going to find out yeah i mean i suppose it's anyone in that the armed forces etc you've always got to worry about your kids that are over serving in another country like afghanistan or something like that yeah i I just think it would be a pretty hard thing for a parent especially like if they die you're obviously going to dread that kind of thing but if they're just missing you don't know what's happened to them there's no form of closure and I guess that's that's why they're trying so hard to get at least these messages through, seeing as they can't fit the what's it called um, the ship through. Stop it! I'm thinking I'm of sorry, other things I got stuck now. That they can't fit. <laughs> I'm thinking other things that don't fit in places now. Um, so they set up a communications link to um, the other side of the wormhole to try and work out where it is. Also, this is the point where I don't actually remember seeing that middle console thing between Janeway and Jakote's chair. I don't remember that. Is that something that they didn't use that often? Uh, the thing that comes out of her chair? Yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, I do. Yeah, maybe maybe I just haven't seen it in a It kind of like folds down into it or something. Mm. Like it pops up, it goes down, pops up, it goes down. And then they're just sitting there in hope that that signal is going to be coming from somewhere. And the music is really good in that scene because you can just feel the hopeful vibe from the music as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they sit there for a little while and, oh, my God, oh, my God, it's so suspenseful. And they find out that it does lead to the Alpha Quadrant. What are the chances? <gasps> Let's just quickly ask Tuvok again. Tuvok, what is one divided by four? <laughs> oh, 25%. There we go. So we had a 25% chance and they made it. 
and it is the Alpha Quadrant, which Thank what you. kind of a stupid show would it be if it ended up in the Gamma Quadrant? <laughs> We're back at the caretaker. We're back to the caretaker. <laughs> That's the micro wormhole. They came through. They didn't actually get transported in a way that came through that hole. <laughs> and so they find out that it's the Alpha Quadrant on the other side. I don't know. Da, 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 da. That's the ready room. No, 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 no. And I feel, and I feel like at this time, this is where it was scanned. That they found out that there's someone on the other side. Yes. But we don't know that it's we don't know who it is yet. So in the ready room, you know, Jamie walks off to be like, oh, I'm just going to walk off into my ready room. And Kess walks in, and mm-hmm. Kess wants to talk. Jamie offers her some food, and she wants spinach juice with a touch of pear. Apparently, it's very nutritious. Who the hell drinks that? Yeah, exactly. What kind of disgusting thing? And even Janeway's like, oh, I'm, I'm sure it is, you fucking weirdo. Oh, that just sounds vomitous. And of course, and they just brought up Tom Paris just to probably fuel the uh, jealousy fire that will be happening down the track. But that's yeah. just gross. I mean, pear's nice. Pear juice is okay. I mean, pear cider is probably yeah. a lot better, to be quite frank with you. Got to go get yes. drunk on some pears but yeah no it's pretty gross and i love spinach but yeah just same the juice it's just like kale no. who the hell eats kale i like kale well you're weird too aren't you <laughs> <laughs> i like i like it in salads you know chopped up it's good i don't know it just literally tastes like i'm my munching on i don't even know it's not it's like bitter i, I like the bitter yeah but it's like just leaves. Anyway. Well, yeah, that's what salad is. Yeah, but some leaves are good for eating. Kale is not good for eating. It's like salad pubes. <laughs> um, okay, where were we? Oh, and yeah, that would thing. be sprouts. Sprouts are salad pubes. Right, <laughs> <laughs> <My CO. laughs> Bean sprouts. <laughs> Not the really thick sprouts, but the thinner ones. The, that's sprout pe- uh, salad pubes. Oh, God, this is gross. This is gross. <laughs> um, this is something that Neelix would probably make in the kitchen. Let's just add that oh. into headcanon. That's what he's making in the kitchen, seeing as he wasn't in this episode. <laughs> so the scene between Kes and Janeway in the ready room was actually really good. Kes saying that, you know, they ignore him and they insult him, mm-hmm. which, you know, is the beginning of the age-old argument in Voyager about holographic rights, I guess. But she really yeah. does put up a good point. And even Janeway, she's just like, well, he's not real. So, well, yeah, she was extremely dismissive. Yeah. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like honey, he's your CMI. Him, a lot of people would be dead right now, so step yeah. up. It's like, who else are you going to rely on, Mr. I've done one semester or two semesters of biochemistry? You don't think so somehow. So yeah. they should be treating the thing. So realistically, I'm gonna. Well, I want to put that down as the wrong attitude from Janeway, even though she sort oh, of changed her mind at the end. But she should not have been like that. She was full on like, oh my god, of course I want to know if somebody is harmed and not feeling welcome yeah. on the ship. And as soon as she finds out it's the person that's not actually made of flesh and blood, she's just like, nah, screw it. It's a bit of tech. Yeah, when when she heard it was the doctor, her eyes went really wide and she looked up from her broth and was like. What? <laughs> Looks up from her broth. <laughs> well, it was it chicken soup or something or what? I it can't was even bouillon. Oh, bouillon. Is that like chicken, but little gold bouillon made of chicken? It's it's just broth. Oh, okay. Boring. At least, at least like they were drinking sprouts. the weirdest things: spinach juice with pear yeah. and bouillon. But it's space, Suzanne. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, so then we jump back to the bridge where um, Kim, Balana, and Janeway are starting to science some shit up to try and get a message through. Uh, but things don't quite go according to plan. Do they uh, ever? They're talking to this person and they're like, oh, this person's on a freighter ship. And Tubok chimes in because these people don't seem to, you know, believe the fact that they're in the Delta Quadrant. I mean, let's face it. Would you <laughs> believe talking to someone from 75,000 oh, light years away? Probably not. And then Tuvok goes, oh, it's a Romulan. (laughs) His Vulcan senses were tingling. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can sense my cousin. <laughs> His ears start doing like do 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 do. Like a dog's ears go boom when they hear someone. Oh. So then they basically get hung up on. And Jane May does not have a bar of it. She's like, I am going to harass this person. Basically call them like we're in a Chinese call centre trying to sell something. <laughs> and if you don't know what I mean, people from Australia will probably know that we get this random number that keeps calling everyone's mobiles. It's all in Chinese. So <laughs> I get it too. You get it too? Okay, so that yes. happens in America as well. That's what I mean. She's basically that Chinese lady on the end of the phone talking in Chinese. <laughs> I really wish I knew what she was saying. I might be interested. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should. Maybe we should. Oh, next time they call, we should like hold. I should hold it up to like the home pod and be like, "Hey Siri, please translate this," and then just hold it up, and then Siri might translate yeah. it back. We'll see. Let you know next episode. Yay! Okay, so Jamie decides that she wants to harass them, and she while well, she storms down to sick bay, where she just wakes up the EMH. And she admits that he is a part of her crew. And Kess's conversation really does, well, really has had an effect on her. Mm-hmm. Finally the right way, but I don't think I want to chalk it up to a right way. I'm not really sure. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, it's, not, it's not a right way. Mm. I don't know. She, even though it's what she should have been doing, she should have done it a long time ago. Exactly. As soon as she realised that she's got no doctor, she should have done that. But also, mm-hmm. so, I'm just going to leave it blank. I don't think we can give... Maybe it's a Janeway. It could be a Janeway. Yeah, I'm, yeah, it's probably a Janeway. You are right. Can you imagine just being turned off, though, in the middle of doing something? Ugh. How infuriating would that be? And she says she'll have someone look into giving him control. It takes a while, doesn't it, for her to get back to him about it? I don't actually remember when it um, starts off to having autonomous control over his um, turning off and on. I know it's not, like, right away. Oh, and she did say it was a very difficult thing, so maybe that's why. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we have yeah. what is uh, an interesting scene. So Kim wakes Janeway up because Janeway is having a nice oh little sleep. <laughs> I'm surprised it wasn't Tom Paris again being like, hello, <laughs> remember me? I learned this in How prison. In We've here? established this. <laughs> um, but I don't understand why Like this whole scene, she needs to be in some kind of silk nighty. But it wasn't a nighty. It was like a ninety. No, it was like a ninety. It was like a, the nineties version of a onesie, a sexy it, onesie. Because it had the long nightgown, but they were pants. <laughs> exactly. Why were there pants? I don't understand. <laughs> it was a silk if there onesie. Are pants, it do, it doesn't need the top doesn't need to go down as long as it did. I don't understand it either. And no one with long hair ever wakes up with their hair like that. I mean, I do. You don't have long hair. I'm talking because her hair's like like flowing and long. It should have been smooshed up on one side, sort of wrapped around her neck on another. It should have been all over the place. And also the nightgown should have been like tufted up with the shirt being that long. Yeah. Things move when you sleep. Could you imagine, though, if like... You know how in some episodes her buns of steel sort of just, like, drops down and her hair's all over the place? Can you imagine if she just did this scene with, like, bed head? <laughs> or bed hair, She sorry. should have. <laughs> it's not like she had visual contact with anyone. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. So she talks to the Romulan, who thinks that, you know, are you, I just think, are you not spies on a spy mission? It's like, yeah, of course. Of course spies are going to be like, why, yes. Can you yes, help us? Yes, we are spies. Congratulations. <laughs> I don't think that's going to be happening somehow. So so then she outlogics the cousins of logic. And <sighs> to, and then he basically starts to agree with her, which is which is good. Now, I do love Kate Mulgrew's acting in this because she's obviously just acting to nothing 
because she's not yes. going to be able to hear the conversation that's going on. But it, it's so perfectly done. It was good. So then the Romulan goes, good night. Like I, said, I guess for some reason he knows it's night time in the Alpha Quadrant. In, in the bed. In the, yeah, where are we? The I Delta like, Quadrant. Is it the same time for him? I, I... <laughs> Universal space time. <laughs> Everyone's on the same time. <laughs> I don't care if it's dark where you are, if it's light where you are. It is midnight. It's 2 a.m. SMT, space mean time. So on the bridge, we get more more science talk. And then they're trying to, like, clear up the image that they're getting of the Romulan guy. And it turns out it's Admiral Forrest. I mean, it's the Romulan guy. Uh, It's also... The Borg guy from yep. season six. There's also 17 other Star Trek characters. <laughs> <laughs> he looks oddly familiar. Mm-hmm. Actually, do you know what, though? They, they did the makeup pretty well on him because he doesn't look like Admiral Forrest. Barring yeah. the fact that he's obviously made to look like a Romulan. So they talk about some stuff and Janeway sort of tries to plead to his inner sort of family guy attitude because obviously he wasn't wanting to help them and because of the fact that they are starfleet well yeah that'd be a turnoff for a romulan yeah yeah i mean probably would be yeah so then he talks about the fact that he has a daughter that he's never seen before and then i got a little sad because the daughter's probably like dead and blown up in that supernova now oh man don't do that why not i mean it's probably reality (sighs) he did say they were on romulus Oh, <laughs> you're just like oh now it's a bummer so then he decides to leave and then Janeway's like right we're going to make an assumption that he's actually going to be able to convince the Romulan Senate to be able to take at least some messages <laughs> one random scientist is going to be able to convince the Romulan Senate of yeah something. especially the low level scientists like Armstrong yeah. Romulan yeah no um, I'm gonna. I want to say though that her making an assumption again is the right thing mm-hmm. to do because it's still keeping hope and the situation's still alive just in case. Oh yeah, until you get a firm and definite no, you keep pushing, and sometimes even when you get the no, you keep pushing. In certain circumstances, sometimes no means no. <laughs> Thank you. Can someone please tell Donald Trump? you lost the vote get out when when the hole is too small sometimes no means no (laughs) then you just find a workaround exactly (laughs) try another hole (laughs) (laughs) or I was going to say you could try a reach around but yeah Oh my god, I think our whole podcast is just too explicit. Um, so Balana decides to run in and goes, Captain, Captain, I have something to say. But she doesn't want to say it, you know, in front She's of She's been everyone. hanging out with Harry too much. She got super excited. She did get, yeah, she got overexcited, that's that's sure. And uh, she takes her to the ready room where they have a nice little chit-chat. And that's where she thinks that they can actually find a way to actually transport people through. Because they can transport them on uh, or pick by piggybacking sorry the transporter beam to the mm-hmm. communication cool little bit of science uh, i'm not gonna lie for that one but balana had the right idea where she's like i don't want to get the crew's hopes up because it's going to be very yeah. very difficult and jamey goes around it's like nah get their hopes up you know on this <laughs> really ridiculous piece anyway. of science they're gonna find out anyway <laughs> so why not i mean just bloody keep it a secret. Just tell Valana how you've got to keep this on the download because this is already a very difficult situation. We're already trying to, like, making an assumption that the, Senate, the Romulan Senate can help us. No, they're just going to go right down the track and say, hey, everyone's going to leave on the back of a transporter through a mini Harry wormhole. I, j- I just agree with Janeway on this. There is no way they were going to be able to keep that secret. Really? No way at all. Well, with Bilana threatened to punch him in the face, probably could be. Because all Harry has to do is say something to Tom, or Neelix overhears something. 
Yeah, but he's too busy with his salad pubes, so. <laughs> <laughs> so it won't be Neelix. So do you, I, I want to call it a Janeway decision because, I mean, I think it's, I don't think it's right. I don't think it's wrong. But at the end of the day, I feel like it's something that she would just do, like, you know, trying to have her cake and eat it kind of thing. Well, yeah, it is a Janeway decision, but I agree with the Janeway decision. You agree with it? I do. All right. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Back down in sickbay, Kess finishes with her oversized iPads and admits that she enjoys anatomy. And I'm like, this is where Jordan turns around to me and says, geez, that'll be a bad pickup line. I enjoy anatomy. Teach me. I'd really like to see an autopsy. <laughs> it's like, Creepy. please show me a dead body. <laughs> I love Creepy. dead bodies. Show me some anatomy on a dead body, Doctor. Please. <laughs> and maybe afterwards we can go to the holodeck and have an adventure. Uh, ew. And even the Doctor's face was just like, I don't know whether to be turned on or <laughs> grossed out right now. Or scared. And we find out that Kess knows all about already the whole getting home via mm-hmm. the piggybacking transporter beam. And the doctor sits there just like, well, of course I'm the Nobody last told to know. Me. And then he was super sad because he'll be left behind and wanted Kess to turn him off. And Kess is like, oh, well, have a kiss on the cheek. See ya. Lol. Now, I have a question about this because he's like, my program is integrated into sickbay. It can't be downloaded. Mm-hmm. I thought the exact same At thing. At what point did that change? Because he gets downloaded into that tiny ass mobile emitter. I reckon at some point where they decided, oh shit, we need the doctor to come out of sick bay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they lied to you. You're not totally integrated with sick bay. You could have been downloaded to a flash drive at any time. It's like just a simple USB three. could be carried around in somebody's pocket (laughs) sorry i can't find my doctor he's lost in my handbag Uh uh-oh i put him through the laundry no (laughs) doctor you're okay imagine if he's in the laundry and then going around in the washing machine you'd be like oh shit computer activate emh and then he just like expands and appears inside the laundry and then you just got the doctor's head going round in circles in the laundry with the most disapproving face oh i really want to see that you could have probably done that with 1990s graphics yeah probably hmm yes uh, back on the bridge, uh, they transfer over that little micro probe device thing. You know, a device that has every single possible known program. The test cylinder. Test samples. Yeah, the test cylinder. <laughs> <laughs> every known piece of organic matter or something like that. And, oh dear, it doesn't work. Or so you think. We spend like what feels like five minutes just sitting there watching mm-hmm. this thing try and materialize and then not materialize but then psych it actually works so there we go science well romulan man picks it up (laughs) just to prove that it works good old vornulan he's doing quite well so then they decide at the end of the day that they can actually transfer people over that's exciting and then of course Mm -hmm. the romans like uh i don't think so i don't think i'm going to be having starfleet people on my vessel not gonna happen yeah so if you couldn't get like messages through the romulan senate how are you going to get people through to the rom like for the romulan senate to approve it's a bit silly so of course then uh vornulan decides to um i'll get a troop ship and you're all going to be under arrest (laughs) (laughs) it's like yeah of course great idea prison ship because do you think that, you know, if the Romulans accepted them being beamed over through the micro wormhole, do you think they were just going to let them go? No, of course not. No, no. So let's see. Hmm, you're going to be in a Romulan prison. I'd rather be in the Romulan Delta Quadrant. Romulan prison, Delta Quadrant. 
Hmm. And the Romulan prison was probably on Romulus that was probably going to be destroyed. Boom. Exactly. Yep. So the Romulan guy decides that he wants to beam himself over and back, which is all good. And they beam him over, which I've put... Sorry, I really keep... I kept writing in my notes, Armstrongulan instead of Romulan. Armstrongulan. <laughs> <laughs> so they beam over Armstrongulan in is what is like the Alice in Wonderland card outfit Romulan style thing. <laughs> and... <laughs> And then Debbie Downer Tuvok finds out that, oh, no, he's from the past. And that's where you realize that, oh, shit. What year is it? It's like, what? my gosh, it's 1992. What year is it here? Who won Big Brother this year? It's November 11th, 1955. What's that? <laughs> Sorry, it's a Back to the Future thing. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so... Yeah, Debbie Downer tells him it's from the past, and that's pretty sad. And that's when you start realizing that that's how this episode is going to play out in terms of that they're not going to be able to get home. Be like, okay, yeah. that's okay. So we go back to have a meeting, and Bellana says that there's no way that they can actually get through the wormhole, and there's no way that they can get through time. And Chicote backs him up as well. Oh, no, mm-hmm. sorry. Janeway backs him up. But Kim is like, yeah, no, let's, let's just do it. Let's do it I want to be back anyway. in the womb again. I'm quite happy to be in the womb. No, he would have been two. He would have been two. He's probably still trying to be inside the womb at two. He's probably one of those babies that didn't come out for like four years. But he'd exist at the same time. He would be his 22-year-old self and also his two-year-old self would still be there. True. But then you get the thing from Janeway. Mrs. Hypocritical. We can't do that. It pollutes the timeline. Hmm. Well, she backs down from that a fair, fair few times in the future, doesn't she? Well, even just saying, here, take these messages, that's polluting the timeline. <laughs> <laughs> Talking to this Romulan dude from the past polluted the timeline. <laughs> yeah, but it's not as bad as polluting it really badly by actually oh, yeah. having people there. Yeah. So I'm putting that as a right way that Janeway is not going to want to pollute the timeline. It's probably the only time we can do that with her temporal shenanigans that she seems to get up to. But you know what? Vaughn Armstrong is really, really nice and wants to help. You know, Mm -hmm. he offers to just tell Starfleet not to send off the Voyager on that mission, which (laughs) Chakotay is like, no because that will affect the timeline over again, especially with what they've done in the Delta Quadrant. Honestly, Chakotay said no, because he knew he'd still get sucked into the Delta Quadrant anyway, and he'd have that tiny ship. And if the Voyager wasn't there behind them, he'd be stuck (laughs) with that tiny little ship trying to survive. That's the Chakotay way. So he needed Voyager to still come along. Yes. (laughs) Totally self-sent. Totally nothing to do with the timeline. That is so true. He would have mm-hmm. just been stuck there by himself. There yeah. we go. Uh, so that must be, like, really gutting, though, to them all that they can't put themselves through. And so they end up deciding that he will take the messages with him and mm-hmm. relay them at the right time. And that's pretty much where we thought this episode would end. You're like, okay, it's really gutting. Nobody's going to know that they're there now. Um, they can't get home at all, but at least they're going to be able to get messages through. That's the best that they yes. can possibly hope for. So people can hold out hope that one day they'll see them again. Yep. And then, and then, let me turn over my book. Tuvok. Then with a capital letter, Tuvok. Exactly. <laughs> Tuvok happens three times a charm with his downers. <sighs> He's dead. That Romulan died four years before they left the Alpha Quadrant. Yeah. And that is such like a sucker punch. Yeah. Because right. yeah, Janeway's face upon hearing that was just like defeat. Just, She's just oh. like, for fuck's sake, I've done all of this work and nothing's happened. Now, I would walk off in a <laughs> fit of rage. But Janeway's just sort of standing there like, well, come on, guys, let's move on. we got another micro world. to make up time. Mm-hmm. We've wasted some time on this little adventure. So I don't even know how she reacted there. I don't know whether it was right. I don't know whether it was wrong. And I don't know whether it was like just a Janeway thing. I really don't know. 
Well, she didn't really let her crew see the disappointment. Exactly. You know she felt. So that's right. I feel like that's where I want to go. Like, I feel like it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. To just be like, all right, guys, well, we've got a job to do. We, we live on this ship. We've yeah. got to carry on moving. Yeah, it's probably something that... We can't dwell on this. We, happen, have to, we have to move exactly. on. And at the end of the day, she could have even said, well, we found a wormhole within the first few weeks of being here. I'm sure we'll be able to find something else. Yeah. You know? I mean, let's face it. We, we knew that they were never going to get back as watchers. But yeah. to happen it, for it to happen this way was really quite sad. And that's what makes yeah. this episode one of the best episodes in season one, I think. It is, definitely. I love this episode. So we cap off this episode with Lieutenant Jerk again overdoing it <laughs> in sickbay. But this time the Doctor sasses it up and he takes charge. Which is kind of good because it shows that the Doctor's accepting mm-hmm. himself as a member of the crew. And Lieutenant yeah. Jerk was like really, really scared of him in the end. Well, not only that, it's, it's showing that the, the doctor is realizing that he does deserve respect. Mm. Yeah. And he's going to demand it from people if he needs to. Yeah, exactly. And a whole bunch more things as well he's going to demand. Yes. And then, then we end on a personal note. The doctor wanting a name. Why did they do this? Why? What do you mean, Why? Do what? He he requests a name, but Kes doesn't give him one. No, but that's what I kind of think makes it funny in the fact that he doesn't have a name throughout the whole show. I mean, he comes up with Schweitzer, and then <laughs> Dinara Pell calls him Schmollis, and then we don't get anything until Joe. <laughs> no, he, he tried Van Gogh for a while in, a, in an alternate <sighs> timeline. But that, that was in the, yeah, the thing that didn't happen. Mm, true, yeah. And that's how we end the episode. Neelix wasn't in it at all. It turns out that Neelix was in a deleted scene with Kes talking about the Doctor and how everyone, like, hates the Doctor. And he says that he's had a good talk with Janeway and he thinks he's going to end up with a field commission and in some uniform, according to Memory Alpha anyway. Ah, So he was in a scene. (laughs) Good job they burnt that scene. (laughs) Remain deleted. Did Kess mention that she kissed the doctor? She should have done that. Oh, yeah. He'd have thrown something at the doctor. <laughs> there goes his field commission. Yay! <laughs> oh, you're off the ship. Sorry. Take, take. <laughs> Please give me back Kess's lung. <laughs> give back that juicy lung. Yes, please. Juicy, juicy yes. lung. Ew. <laughs> so, Suzanne, what have we ended up yeah. on? We have ended up with four right-way decisions. Mm-hmm. We've left up with one wrong decision. And we've got two Janeway decisions. So I feel like this has been a resounding right-way. We actually have a right-way episode? We do. We actually do. This is do. our first one, isn't it? Uh, Caretaker was Janeway. Parallax mm. was wrong-way. Time mm-hmm. and again was dumb-way. Dumbway. I'm fairly sure Fade was Janeway. Yeah. And the cloud was wrong way. Yeah. So I have the needle is our first right way. Woohoo! Way to go, Captain! Well done, Captain Janeway. You deserve your (laughs) (laughs) reprisal on Prodigy. (laughs) Based solely on what we've decided, of course. Yes. It's about so, time. About time we got a right way. Well done, Suzanne. Go us. Thank you for tuning in to us. We really appreciate all of you who listen to us talk about Voyager. We would love it if you subscribed and gave us all of the stars. <laughs> and also leave us a review. Liam, where can we find you online and around the network? So you can find me elsewhere on Holosuite Media hosting the Vedic Assembly, which is our Star Trek Deep Space Nine podcast with Brandy and Nick. And you can also find me on Twitter at LS74656. There is no J, though. Just 74656. I am the original Voyager boy. And what about you, Suzanne? Well, you can find me around the network on Boldly Go, a Strange New Worlds podcast with Brandy. 
And you can find me on Twitter. My handle is kjanway8. Or you can also follow me at stainedsass. So just remember to follow us on Twitter at the Jane underscore way and on the Facebook listeners group, The Nexus. But until next time, remember to keep doing things, not the right way, not the wrong way, but the Jane way. Time's up. This show is brought to you by Holosuite Media. Computer, list other available Holosuite Media programs. Loading Holosuite Preview Program for Boldly Go, a Star Trek Strange New Worlds podcast. It's too much effort and I'm busy. I gotta get this done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had stuff to do. He had logs to plant. He had a ship to take over. He had an entire plot to uh, to fill out and make everyone think that he needed to have a trial for mutiny <laughs> because exactly. that will distract everyone long enough for them to get to Talospor. He's busier than Prince Humperdinck. Loading Holosuite preview program for Starpod Trek, a podcast exploring Gene Roddenberry's vision of the future. So we're seeing that the early Star Trek conventions were were a nice balance between science fiction and real world science, and that was cool because the, because a lot of uh, Star Trek fans are interested in science, and a lot of, and I mean all of those um, science guests that were there probably were Star Trek fans, and and they they probably even said that that they got into to science because of their love of Star Trek. Loading Holosuite preview program for the Vedic Assembly. A Deep Space Nine podcast. We don't know what that Cardassian technology is, but it could, yeah. Do we need to know? No, nah. we don't need to okay, know. Just some bit know. of self-stealing, self-sealing stem bolts. <laughs> yes, it wants those self-sealing stem bolts. And <laughs> Somebody wants them. <laughs> because self-sealing, you guys. Yes. I mean, it's not just a regular stem bolt. <laughs> I don't know why you don't get why these are so valuable. Okay. Computer, deactivate Holosuite.